Welcome to Out of the Ordinary, the podcast where we believe that the very best stories grow out of the soil of ordinary life. I'm Lisa Jo Baker. And I'm Christy Purifoy. And a few of my favorite ordinary things are sleeping in on Saturdays, rereading old books, and late night conversations with my teens. Lisa Jo, I love a fire in the wood stove, that first cup of coffee in the morning, and flannel sheets on the bed. As usual, we are recording on the third floor of Christie's 100-year-old farmhouse called Maplehurst. And for those of you who already got your hands on her brand new book, Placemaker, then you know what it looks like here behind the scenes. In my own endorsement, I said, warning, this book will make you homesick for people as well as for places. It also might make you wish you had a green thumb and it will definitely move you toward your garden and your neighbors. And when you're done, you might be tempted to put Maplehurst into your GPS because some places just have to be seen in person. But Lisa Joe, Placemaker isn't just about this old house. It also tells the story of every place that came before from our first tiny apartment in Texas to a condo in the big city of Chicago, from failed DIY to a barn raising and all the trees I fell in love with along the way. Listeners, you can find it wherever you love to buy books. Pick up a copy as a gift to yourself and your home. Whether you love where you are right now or you aren't so sure, Placemaker is for all of us, the ones with deep roots, the ones just starting out, and everyone in between. Listen, what are you waiting for? Go right now. Pick up a copy for yourself and then you can thank me later. Lisa Joe, it's been a while since we shared some of the reviews that are left um, that listeners leave when they rate the podcast. It's almost like, I think we've said this before, you and I get to have this conversation every week, but it's not really just between the two of us. And when we get these reviews and these comments, it's like the circle of the conversation expands. So here's two that I really, really loved, and I'm so happy. excited to share them with you. So the first is from an account under the name, it's a little hard for me to say, but let me try, Magistratrium. Oh, I feel like you did that justice. Well (laughs) done. And uh, she says, thank you for inviting your listeners to participate in your enriching, uplifting conversations. I just discovered your podcast last week and I'm slowly catching up. Every time I listen, I find myself nodding my head in agreement tearing up over the parts that have been hard here too, and joining you in spirit. Please keep sharing your faith, your ordinary lives, and your thoughts on what is important. Oh, that really so is great. great. It's really nice to hear that the ordinary pieces feel worth talking about. Exactly. And worth listening to. I'm so glad. And here is another uh, sweet contribution to the conversation from Moya C., She says, I cannot say enough good things about Lisa Joe and Christie's podcast. It's warm, inviting, comforting, sweet, and reassuring. I am learning to love the middle right along with them. Even their voices are pleasant and the way they interact so respectfully and supportively. I hope it continues for years. Oh, me too. Oh, that's so nice. (laughs) Learning to love the middle. It's so nice to know that what you and I are learning is actually helpful to other people. Mm -hmm. Because I think in the context of the larger world where there's so many big and important things happening, it can sometimes feel like, is it worth it to have these conversations about the middle? Does it matter? Are we just (laughs) talking into a vacuum? (laughs) It's so nice to know people are listening. On that note, I have one from Mama Molly S., 
I listen to this podcast as I sit in my boys' room as they fall asleep at night. So much of my life lately has been wondering about the future and what it will look like both professionally and personally. I've been so focused on the future that I lost the anchor of the present. Isn't that a great idea Mm, that the present actually does anchor us? We don't want to rush by it. She goes on to say, in an early episode, Lisa Jo used the term following the arrow back to previous wants and desires. And I found myself in full on streaming tears because I realized there was a time in my life where we were convinced we would never be able to have children. And a child was all I wanted with everything in my body. And here I am sitting in a room with not one, but two children. And I'm now onto my next want and worry. Lisa Joe and Christy are anchoring me back in my present one episode at a time. And for that, as a woman and a mama, I'm eternally grateful. Oh, Mama Molly, yes, we're so grateful for you. Thank mm-hmm. you. For- oh, Christy's eyes are like welling up I with tears right now. <laughs> I like looked up and I was like, oh my gosh, she's about to cry. That's so gorgeous. <sighs> and I would just encourage if you're listening and you haven't uh, taken the time yet to leave us um, a review, like it doesn't have to be that beautiful. That was quite amazing. <laughs> I mean, you can actually just hit the stars. You don't even yes. have to actually leave yeah. anything in words. Of course, we love it if you do, and yeah. we try and share them. But really, if you just scroll down under this week's podcast where you're listening, you can just select a star rating. We recommend five. Um, <laughs> and if you want to, you can type in a review too. But gosh, it really means a lot to us, and it helps other people find us. So if you haven't yet, go ahead and subscribe as well. It's just a little button, whatever app you're listening on. Scroll down, hit the subscribe button, and that way you can make sure you never miss a conversation with us. That's right. It helps others find us. And uh, if you do take the time to leave a few more thoughts, we really listen. And one of the things that we get a lot of questions about or a lot of comments about is our friendship. I know. I think... I mean, we know how blessed we are to have a good, deep friendship that has lasted for so many years. But um, I sometimes realized, or I've realized recently that there's some stories about that, maybe the bigger history of our friendship. And one story in particular that I realized I had never even shared with you. And before you even tell it, though, I have to give credit to our friend Patrice Gopo because she had messaged us. That's right. And she just said, you know, have you guys always just had a smooth friendship or have there been any bumps? Have mm-hmm. there ever been maybe misunderstandings or conflicts where you had to work through something? And I am sure quite obnoxiously responded, no. <laughs> And I said, well, Lisa Joe, but not in that way. (laughs) Not at all. I said it's one of the reasons why I think this friendship is such a wonderful thing because it's such a safe place. This Mm -hmm. is a friendship that's deeply secure after 20 years. It has a foundation that we both trust implicitly. But it did get us thinking. Her question got us thinking. And then Christy came back and said, well, 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 but maybe there is something to that that we should unpack. So, Patrice, thanks go to you for the inspiration for today's episode. (laughs) This one is for you. (laughs) The thing that got me thinking about, Lisa Joe, is that um, in my life, there have actually been quite intense seasons of loneliness, Mm. times where I felt that I did not have um, the the friends that I, I wanted times where my life felt quite empty of friendship. And some of those were periods when I I did know you, but we were living in very different parts of the world. So 
our friendship is kind of boomeranged, you know, yes. like we've had seasons where we're very close, where we live close, we get to share closely and daily, but then we've, <laughs> either I've moved overseas or you've moved, then we've boomeranged back and had seasons again where we lived close to each other. That's right. So, you know, we met in Chicago, that's where our friendship was mm-hmm. born. <laughs> and Chicago, the 10 years I spent living there was a season of abundance when it came to friendship. Not only did I meet you, but I was just blessed with um, a lot of good, good friends in those years and in that time. But when we left Chicago and moved to Florida, um, that was one of my first, um, well, it wasn't my first, let's just (laughs) say that right there, but one of the more recent experiences of of real loneliness because I had said goodbye to so many friends. And I made one wonderful friend in those years. Her name is Courtney. She's probably listening. She is a, a treasure of those years, but she really was the was the only one. Um, and so I was very lonely in those years. Well, then we moved to Pennsylvania. So now I've gone now a couple of years without um, a, a good circle of friends, and now we're in another new place. And so the loneliness I felt at the beginning of our uh, new lives here at Maplehurst was, in a sense, almost a a double loneliness, Mm. if that makes sense. I had already, you know, I had lost my Chicago community. That community had not been replaced during those years um, in Florida. And uh, so I had walked through that season of loneliness. And now I was in a brand new place where, again, we're trying to meet the neighbors or find a church or, um, you know, wonder, just wondering, you know, who, who will our friends be? Where will they be? And so, again, I was in a season of loneliness. Well, during that time, I, um, oh, I read a great book. I think I didn't plan to mention this, but I'm realizing now it was quite pivotal. And I'm, let's put it in the show notes because it's a book I highly recommend. His name is Paul Miller. I think the book is The Praying Life. Prayer is in the title, and we'll make sure that we have it right in the show notes for you. But Paul Miller, it's a great book on prayer. And in there, he just describes um, a practice, a prayer practice he has used for many years, which involves index cards. <laughs> now, I'm not usually a super organized I'm so person. Now. <laughs> yeah, I am. I'm not. Oh my goodness! You, actually, Lisa, Joe, if you take a look at the desk now and you just see wisps of paper everywhere, those are my lists, and I, I'm not very organized. And yet, there was something about his description of the index cards that just seemed very user friendly <laughs> when it came to prayer. And he just described how he would take a card. And if there was a major sort of ongoing prayer request or a person like one of his his children, let's say, that he always wanted to pray for consistently, he would write their name on the card, he'd write a date, and then uh, he'd write down, you know, whatever the concerns or the things he wanted to pray for. And then he would just keep those cards, you know, tucked away somewhere with a rubber band around them so that they were easy to pull out, easy to flip through, and and always he'd, he'd kind of have the ongoing prayer concerns. And as well, when he saw answers or fulfillment or developments uh, in those things he was praying for, he could easily jot a note there with a date. Oh, this is what I've seen. And it's kind of a record of, of responses to prayer or the growth of prayer. So I thought, okay, that sounds easy. I can do that. So I got my index cards <laughs> and I made one, I've made quite a few cards, you know, one for my husband, one for each of my kids, one for this place. But I made a card and I wrote at the top, friends, friends. <laughs> Oh no, we've friends, all been there. Yes. Friends. I remember 
my friend Kristen Strong, who's a military wife, said she at one point in her life was tempted to go out to the front yard and hold up a sign oh. that said, Desperate Woman Needs Friends. <laughs> oh, I know Kristen too, and I love her, and I can so relate oh, to that, Kristen. I have there. been that woman. So I would never, like you probably have been bold enough to actually go out with my sign. In a way, I did. It was like putting that that strong, ongoing desire down on a piece of paper. And you your know? assumption was it would be new friends, so right? that's, of course. Right. I You're was in a new in place. New place. Right. So I completely assumed that um, the answer to that prayer would be new friends. Of course. What, el- what, what else could it be? Oh, listeners. <laughs> 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 one answer to that prayer, I, th- I would say one of the most obvious and amazing answers to that prayer was you, Lisa Joe, because when we moved to Maplehurst, we were the closest that we had lived to, to you and your family for quite a long while. But not only that, during the, the course of the months and year or so that I was praying that prayer, you and your family bought a home and moved even closer right, to us. Right, from Virginia to Maryland. Right, yeah. so where we had been maybe two and a half hour drive right. apart, then we were only, you like know, just 90 over minutes, an hour. Yeah. yeah. Not only that, but um, another dear, dear longtime friend who I'd also met in Chicago, her name is Melissa, uh, one of those friends I'd grieved the loss of. She had left Chicago even before I did, moved around with her husband. In the course of praying over these index cards, she moved to Philadelphia. Now she's only 45 minutes away from me. And I got to spend time with you. I got to spend time with her. She and her family were our first visitors at Maplehurst. We've spent Thanksgivings kind of alternating between you guys mm-hmm. and, and this family. And and I don't know when. I, I'd like to think it was fairly early on in this process. I realized that God was answering my prayer, but He was answering it by returning old friends mm. to me, which just blew my mind. And it was almost as if I had I had almost in a way been uh, too willing to let go of the good gifts God had already given in, in order to sort of protect my heart, assuming, okay, He gave those good friends, but they can't be mine anymore. I will move on. I will mm. pray for new friends. When really, what is, the, what is better than just that old, right. old friend, right? So in answering my prayer, um, God gave, I think, a gift that was even beyond what I was asking. Mm. He has also given me new friends in this right. place. And actually, I'm going to tell one other um, story because it's not just the two of you. There's a third woman. And this one is a real return because um, at some point after we'd been living here, I got a Facebook message from a friend. Um, actually, no, I won't even call her a friend at that point. Childhood friend, I will say. Mm. And she sent me a Facebook message and she said, Christy, I've seen some of um, your posts online shared by your family. I th- I think we may be neighbors. I think we live near one another. And come to find out, this childhood friend, I had grown up with her, gone to school with her. Our families had attended the same church. She'd been very close with my sisters. She was now living f- 20 minutes down the road. Um, I think it was the day after she sent that message that she was at my house with her girls wow. and we were catching up on everything. And now she's one of my closest friends in this mm. place. So a third friend returned mm. to me. So the reason I think that I, I share these stories in particular is not to say that old friends are the best friends or right. you know new friends aren't quite an amazing gift, but to say that I think 
God really honors our own um, longing for friendship. Uh, I think He understands our need for it. I'm remembering as well that one of um, my favorite, favorite things about Jesus is that He calls us friend. Mm. He calls us friend. And to me, that just seems like such a term of honor coming from Him. An intimacy. An intimacy. He values friendship. So when I think about you and I and the bigger picture of our friendship and what it is that we are actually sharing here on this podcast week to week, it's not a a miracle in the sense of, oh, this never happens, but look at these two women who've stayed friends for 20 years. No, no, because we haven't our, like you said, our friendship has boomeranged. It has ebbed and flowed. We have been close geographically. Um, and then we've been far geographically. We have been near geographically and then drawn closer to one another through the shared work of podcasting. Mm-hmm. I feel closer to you today than I ever have in mm-hmm. our 20-some years of friendship. Um, friendships grow and, and shift in these ways naturally. And so the story we're sharing of, of friends is not, um, oh, lucky us, mm. but I think it's a, a story that points to um, the significance that God Himself places on friendship. And that if you are out there feeling that loneliness or that desire for friends, that um, you can trust that desire mm. to God, and who knows how He will answer that prayer. All right. It's so interesting to hear your side of the story, mm. right? Because I think we all— take a different experience sometimes from a shared story. Mm -hmm. And so my encouragement to people that are listening, especially if you have had close friends who've maybe moved away, because you hear those sort of stories often, it's Mm -hmm. very painful. But Christy and I experienced our friendship boomerangs differently because whereas sounds like she experienced loss from that, I think my context of having moved from overseas, away from my family, from all my close friends, was always that distance doesn't end intimacy or friendship. And so I didn't read it quite the same anytime we moved. Mm-hmm. For me, Thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for me, I mean, if I if I thought about that way, I'd consider myself an orphan. You know, I'm mm-hmm. so far away from my family and see them so seldom. So for me, friendships are things you take with you. I love it. And I just put the pebble of that friendship into my pocket and just carried it with me. And I just blithely assumed then, anytime I was remotely in the vicinity of John and Christy, that they would just be delighted if I came over. (laughs) And so even if we were just driving through Chicago, so when we um, were at graduate, going back to Notre Dame for anything for grad school or um, visiting Peter's parents because yes. they lived in the Midwest, we would just call them up. I mean, it's not even like we planned in advance. Right. We would call them up, be, hey, guys, we're going to be there <laughs> in a few hours. Can we stop by <laughs> and spend the night? And so I've always taken friendships as things you take with you, mm. not things you leave behind. And so I've continued to just assume that as part of our friendship. So I remember, you know, us becoming good friends while we all lived in Chicago. And then Pete and I moved to Ukraine. But when we would be home visiting Pete's parents, I just assumed Christy and John would want to see us. And I remember being there when Christy was pregnant for the first time. And then it's funny, all my memories of you these early days are like passing through memories, right? And then I was passing through on our way to South Africa when we moved back there when I was pregnant with Jackson. And I remember you you getting out your pregnancy books and us looking at the pictures of the baby is this size now and this many inches. And But we were on our way to South Africa at that 
that mm-hmm. time from Ukraine. And I remember when we moved back from South Africa and we lived in Michigan, then we were closer to you guys. And you came out with your kids and stayed with us mm-hmm. for a few days at our house in Michigan. And for me, there was never any question that we would do that. I just assumed this is a this is a friendship and it's real. And the distance does not diminish the quality of the friendship. Now, of course, time and close mileage enhances yes. a friendship. And there's yes. a richness that can grow out of just being able to indulge in yes. each other's presence and not I really used to feel like we used to speed date when we, we would did. see each other. <laughs> I mean, we speed dated, we catched up, we would catch up about books or yeah. what are we reading? What did you learn? Did you hear this interview? What are you thinking about this? And um I think that when you have a friendship that really resonates, my encouragement is don't let distance diminish it. Instead, hold on to those things so that when you're together, there's a sweetness to it. I used to make lists of things I needed to talk to Christy about. <laughs> and then we would catch up when we were together as fast as possible, ignoring our children to just talk as much as we could. I love that deliberateness. And I love that it shows that you were thinking of me even when we weren't, you know, together or talking. What I really love about your perspective, Lisa Joe, and it's one that I've had to learn and learn from you and learn through the surprise of how God answered this prayer, is that this this puts friendship, this makes friendship more accessible to more of us. Yes. Because I know there are people listening who are thinking, well, I've moved around or all my friends moved away. I, I don't have what you have. I bet most of us have someone in our past that we could reach out to today. We could write that letter or send that email or make that phone call. And I feel like friends are something you collect. Mm. I collect them like pebbles in my pocket. Mm. And I never feel any qualms about reaching out to someone I haven't spoken to in a long time and saying, wow, I thought about you a lot today. And I think part of the problem is we feel like, oh, I have to get over the whole catch-up burden, right? Mm -hmm. Like, there's so much to catch up. I don't even know where to begin. I have decided to just drop that. Ah. I don't even bother with it anymore. I just go, hey, haven't talked to you in ages, but I was thinking about, and then I just go right into. Jump into it. You just have to, because otherwise it's too exhausting and there are too Mm -hmm. many barriers to, Mm -hmm. to reconnecting in that way. And I have found people surprised but delighted when you connect with them that way mm-hmm. not in a facebook message necessarily but in a phone call or i'm passing through your town today mm-hmm. or i was thinking about you and you text them i just have found friendship to be something so valuable that anytime i've come upon it in my life that person then becomes a permanent part of my story whether they like it or not And I have some really great friends from my law school days, and I have referred to some of them as the friendship mafia because there's just no getting out. And I have tried (laughs) at times to quit those friendships. Because seasons change and we've lived overseas and it seems so far, but I have friends in that group that are like super glue and they refuse to Mm. let you quit them. And there's such value in that, in a friendship. And so Christy just became one of those people in my journey that felt like a foregone conclusion our friendship did. And it's just, it's so easy to pick up. It's completely guilt-free. I think that is a big part of it, giving your friends the gift of guilt-free friendship Mm -hmm. where you're not expecting them to perform or live up to a certain version of friendship, but you're letting them be themselves. And so that becomes a gift to you then rather than an obligation. So anytime friendship feels like a burden or an obligation, we tend to resent it. But when friendship feels like a gift... You know, who doesn't want to say yes to that? I love it. I know because it's so funny to think about the value of friendship because when we lived in Ukraine, for example, 
when we just arrived, Peter was my only friend. Like, <laughs> literally, we knew nobody, couldn't read the language, could not even spell the alphabet. It was pretty bad. And I remember after we'd been there for like two or three weeks in this tiny apartment <laughs> where he would go off and do his fellowship all day. And I was home in this apartment, hadn't figured what I was doing yet with myself. I remember looking at him one day and saying, you cannot be my only friend. Like, this is not going to be okay for me. <laughs> like, this is terrible. I need to have some real friends. And we developed incredibly close friendships there. Of course we did in the church community that we were part of. Just amazing people who adopted us like family and have continued to be our friends over the years. And I just think that sometimes I think we think, we we overthink friendship and we are overly polite maybe about it. Hmm. Like we don't want to intrude on people's time or space. Right. We don't want to presume that they want to talk to us or know us or pick up where we left off. But man, the example that I've always thought of is Peter's grandparents, the Hamiltons, the most delightful couple you have ever met. Grandpa Hamilton, <laughs> when he was retired, he sold waterless car wash and he had like the signage on his car, ask me about the waterless <laughs> car wash. And so like in parking lots, Aww. he would constantly demonstrate to you, everybody was his friend. The reason I mentioned them is they are why we developed such close friendships in Ukraine when we moved there, because grandma and grandpa Hamilton had heard these missionaries who came through and spoke at their church about Ukraine. And when Pete and I talked about Pete's fellowship to go to Ukraine, they, Grandpa Hamilton, immediately emailed wow. the Skinners, whose email address, of course, he had got when Aww. they spoke at their church <laughs> and said, as if they were long lost friends, mm. our grandkids are coming to Kiev. You have to know them and, and introduced us. And these families ended up becoming our dearest friends while we lived wow. there. And much like your and our relationship that's boomerang, it's, I mean, we've gone not just one or two years, four or five, six years in between seeing them as they serve overseas. But my goodness, when they walk in the door, it's as if no time has passed because we just assume mm -hmm. a level of friendship, of delight, of the desire to reconnect. There's never a conversation about, I can't believe you didn't get back to me, or why didn't you reply to that email? How come I haven't mm -hmm. heard from you in so long? There's just the gift of friendship without expectation and just with delight, with delight and joy. So I'm imagining that Peter's granddad had the exact right view of friendship. And when he sent that note off, he didn't say, he didn't say anything that made it sound like he was asking for a favor right. or could you help me out? Instead, I bet he wrote, I am sending you some friends. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's that idea that we are actually family, mm. that we delight in making those connections, that we build bridges between one another. And what a gift to be that person who connects people to the people that will become their friends. And so of all the times we've moved now, I remember very vividly when we um, moved back from South Africa. So if you kind of do the math, Christy and I met in Chicago, <laughs> then we moved to Ukraine, then we moved from Ukraine to South Africa. And then from South Africa, we moved back to Michigan. And I remember driving into our neighborhood in Owasso, Michigan. It was dark, cold, feeling really nervous, didn't know anybody. And I remember saying to myself and then saying out loud to Peter, some of our best friends live here. We just haven't met them yet. And that has become my new mantra. Anytime we move somewhere or start a new job or a new position. And just two weeks ago, I showed up for a new position that I'm excited about and a team I want to be part of and didn't know anybody and felt so nervous and told myself that is same sentence. Some of your best friends are in this room today. You just haven't met them yet. So I think when it comes to new friends or old friends, 
If there's an open-heartedness to believe, we're not just limited to one or two. We're not limited by time or distance or mileage. That God is a God who transcends all of those things. And when He does connect us, my goodness, it is the most beautiful beginning that we just have no idea where He's going to bring it to. So 20 years later, in a million years, I wouldn't have thought I'd be sitting across from you (laughs) having this conversation about friendship and then about to go down to dinner where your husband has made us pancakes. What life is this? Good gifts. So many good gifts.